Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I've got a real treat for you guys today. I have Logan DeCamp on the show. Him and I have connected, gosh, how many conferences? When did we first connect? Was it, were you at Coaching Con last year? Yeah, I believe it was in 2022. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so I know we've been also following each other on social media for a while and talking yeah. a lot. And um, you're a great guy. A lot of great content you put out. And I know you're, you know, super lucky clients to have you. So definitely glad to have you on today's show. But um, welcome, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Chase, for having me on. Um, super appreciative for this, and I'm excited for it. Awesome. Well, before we dive into some topics here, I just want my listeners to get a little better idea of who you are. So do you mind sharing your story with us? Yeah, of course. So I've been thinking a lot about this and I've been doing like a lot of, you know, going back on my journey and like how in the world did I get to where I am today, right? Because I believe that's super powerful to kind of go back to your journey through sort of a new lens, right? So I am from in the Midwest, um, in Illinois, not from, uh, excuse me, not from Chicago. A lot of people, when I say Illinois, they're like, oh, you're from, you're, you got to be from Chicago. I promise I'm not from Chicago, but uh, uh, I am close <laughs> to there, about five to, five to six hours south, uh, Quincy, Illinois. Um, and, you know, my background, you know, my, my mom had me when I was uh, 19. So I was, you know, she was really, really young. My dad was in and out of uh, prison a lot. So, I mean, I didn't have a lot of parental vision growing up. So I kind of had to learn how to grow up pretty quickly. Um, you know, so from there, um, I moved to Missouri at the age of 15, completely new high school, completely new demographic. Um, and that's when like, I really started to fall in love with golf. And um, believe it or not, I got into the golf course industry. I was there for about five to six years, um, working as a golf course manager kind of overseeing the grounds and things like that mm -hmm. and um it kind of led me down a road to where for a while i played like this victim mentality that uh because excuse me because i have a speech impediment i need to get a job where i don't talk to people uh because people are just going to make fun of me right so i kind of stayed stuck with the golf course um industry for a while. And um, as a result, it led me down a road to where in 2020, I was at a very, very high place in my field of golf course management, um, working at Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles, California. Um, and I got to meet people like Mark Wahlberg. I, you know, um, was at a very, very high place in that field. But I remember being so depressed and, un and unfulfilled in my life that uh, I realized that, you know, my dad, he suffered through cancer and cardiovascular disease for um, 11 years. Um, and my mom lost over 100 pounds. And once I started to learn more about fitness and nutrition and how it can fundamentally change your life and help avoid a lot of, excuse me, a lot of disease and cancer and things like that, I was like, you know what? My voice needs to be heard more um, around the world. So I made 
a career change. And now I'm a functional nutrition and fitness coach for champ camp, or excuse me, champ camp fitness and nutrition. And, um, that's, that's where we are. Awesome. So I, I love that story. And you brought up the the victim mentality. And I think that's something where a lot of people fall into and it's in all sorts of life. Right. And so do you mind kind of expanding a little more about like what about that transition from like when you start to take ownership and like, of like, all right, I can either play the victim or I can be the victor. Right. Like, like and when we sort of make that transition from there. Yeah. So in 2020 is not when I really started to realize that I was being a victim, right? Like in 2020 was more of, you know, I am, I am not happy with my life. I'm so depressed and unfulfilled that I need, that I need to make a change. Right. But later, you know, this was probably like six months ago, maybe, or not like not even a year ago that I realized the power of being a, a, a victor of your life. Right. And I heard this on a podcast actually from um, Ed Milet and he had a guest on that was talking about how this person went through a tragic experience in their life that could have really led them on a journey that was not a fulfilling life. Right. But this guest on that podcast, they sort of decided to re to reframe that experience to where it was a positive experience that um, allowed them to give them the, the character traits that they need in order to really live a more fulfilling life. Right. So, you know, for me, when I look at victim to victor, you know, I, I believe a lot of people, they, they have old baggage that is ultimately weighing them down and just, you know, going back in and reframing that experience as something positive is really going to allow you to start to take more control of your life and really live a more fulfilling life. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point because I feel like there's a lot of people that also, you know, we, we a lot of people that come from like, you know, people, maybe they have like, you know, overweight parents and grandparents and they feel like, you know, and then maybe they're, they're overweight themselves. And I'm just, and I'm just kind of tying this back into like some, you know, someone who may be on the weight loss journey right now. And they may be thinking, oh, this is just, you know, my whole family genetics. This is who I am. This is how we eat. This is how we, you know, we don't exercise, you know, this is just who we are as a family. And they just continue to play that narrative over and over and over and almost learn to accept it, become complacent with that narrative. And they think that they can't change. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like it's important to realize, like, as I mentioned earlier, you can play the victim and you can stay on that same route and, you know, continue generation after generation being unhappy and unhealthy with yourself, or you can decide to put your foot down and actually make a change. Right. Right. I mean, one hundred percent, you know, something that I say a lot and people probably heard me say this time and time again, it's probably getting old at this point, but this is something that's really resonated um, a lot with me and my journey. And also just being able to help people is that you will not change until the pain of where you are starts to exceed the pain of change. Right. And that's not something I made up. That's from Tony Robbins, but you know, that's something that I believe people need to sort of hear time and time again, because um, a lot of people, they don't really, I mean, they say they want to change, but they don't necessarily walk the walk, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I feel like that's, and this is actually something that was just brought up this morning in um, our team group chat that we had, um, you know, one of the coaches, coach Nate on our team was talking about, 
how some people see that end goal. And that's what they're focused on. Like, you know, Hey, I'm going to lose weight. Like that's, you know, that's my goal. But it's like, like you mentioned, like, it's more about like, what are you doing on the day to day? That's going to make these changes. Like not the, don't focus on the end goal in itself. Like, sure. That's great. Yeah. We can, we can try to shoot for weight loss. We can you know try to work on, you know, running faster or whatever, whatever your goal may be lifting stronger. But at the end of the day, you have to focus on those day-to-day actions, habits, behaviors, those things that are actually going to move the needle because we can't just snap our fingers and lose weight. It's going to take a lot of compounding efforts day-to-day to get to that end result. Mm, yes, 100%. And so, you know, kind of leaning a little more into the mindset side of things and we're more like the self-development side as well. Were there anything, was there anything that you did throughout this transition to help continue to like, not only make, maybe like prove your self-worth and like that you're deserving of like, you know, the lifestyle that you're wanting to achieve and the goals you have for yourself. Like, did you have any sort of like things that you had to work through mentally to like learn to accept this change as like, you know, a positive and like that you deserve these changes? Oh man, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, Cause I mean, I can like vividly remember, you know, in 2020, when I made a change from working on a golf course to now, you know, being in person with somebody and I'm trying to actively help change their life. Um, it was a very, very weird transition. Right. And as I continue to grow more as, you know, an owner and founder of champ camp and as a functional fitness and new and nutrition coach, I've had to accept the fact that like, what we do ultimately fundamentally helps people change for the better. Right. And I need to, I cannot allow our business and our mission to continue to keep going. If I continue to not allow myself to be more, more acceptance to being able to receive compliments, being able to re- to receive validation for what I'm doing, being able to receive money as well too, which was something that like, I feel like a lot of people struggle with. Um, so th- definitely there was a lot of, you know, sort of talks in my head and, and, and a lot of uncomfortable growth with the fact that to, I need to allow myself to be more accepting. And I do deserve these things because our mission is so, is so big. It's beyond me. Mm-hmm. And and one thing that you know, you've mentioned you know, beforehand, you know, the power of one percent better, and that's something that you you know, jotted down when we were chatting before this, um, you know, and just about how much difference that can make. And I want to kind of tie that into like what you're saying now, you know, when you're going through all these transitions and starting to learn all this about yourself and about you know your business and health and all the things that are involved with this transitional process, did you at one point try to make really big leaps and bounds? Or have you always been someone that's like, no, we need to take a 1%? Or is that something you learned along the way? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, in the in the beginning, I used to have a very impulsive sort of um, mindset. Like I would impulsively buy things and I would impulsively do things without thinking, right? And that's why, you know, in 2020, when I went from golf course management to now a personal trainer, I cut my salary in half overnight. Mm-hmm. Like one night I cut my salary in half. Right. And now like uh, three years later, I don't see myself doing something like that again. So I think in the beginning it was more big leaps, but 
even though that wasn't necessarily a bad thing because it allowed me to get to where I am today, I do think that there is sort of a price that could be paid with that as into, you know, maybe you took such a big leap now, now that now there's more uncertainty in your life. There's more maybe, you know, things that you're not um, necessarily sure of um, that could be, you know, cause more stress and things like that. So I've, I've, I've really had to uh, sort of, uh, sort of adopt the the mindset of 1% better as I continue to grow. Yeah. And I can totally relate to the, like, you know, making that big leap in the beginning, like with the career change. And I did the exact same. I probably even like third my income when I, when I jumped from the nursing um, that I was doing to uh, coaching. And so I completely understand where you're coming from. And I, but I feel like you bring up a very good point. And, and I want to make sure we touch on this because I feel like this is where a lot of people are get stuck is they feel like they have these big leaps in front of them that seem nearly impossible. And someone who maybe is impulsive would go ahead and jump like we did, right? Like wouldn't think about it. And and sometimes, you know, like you said, sometimes we, we learn like, okay, maybe that wasn't the smartest decision in the past, but look where we're at now. But on the other end, there are people who are standing around on the ledge right now and they're, and they're thinking about making that leap to this new life that they, you know, they could be start developing for themselves, but they're holding themselves back mm. because, and, and I agree that that 1% better every, every day is so important. And I, I will always stress that as well, but I do think there is some importance behind learning when it is okay to take that leap and have that trust in yourself. Because obviously when you made that leap initially, you had trust in yourself, right? Like, like, like you said, maybe now you look back and you're like, okay, that probably wasn't the smartest idea at that point. I didn't really think that one through too much, but you had that belief in yourself and that trust in yourself that you were making the right decision in that moment. Would you yeah. great? Does that, does that resonate some? Yes and no, Chase. Um, Cause as I reflect back on 2020, I honestly just was so depressed and unfulfilled with my life that I couldn't care what happens. I just needed to make a change. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I necessarily had a lot of trust in myself um, that I was going to be successful in this. I just knew that I needed something that was more fulfilling and had more of a purpose. Right now, you know, that's why I resonate so much with, you know, you will only change when the pain of staying the same exceeds the pain of change. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I do think on the other side of that, for some people that might be listening, that might be watching, you know, they may have been on this path for quite some time of, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I not do this? And like, they're just standing on that ledge, right? At some point you do have to make the leap. Like at some point you do have to do it. Are you, are you going to, you're going to continue to get the results and continue to stay stuck with the identity that you have now that doesn't serve you. Right. So I do think there's two sides of it. There's there there is a side that, you know, people are just so unhappy and they just want to make a change. But there is another side that they've been contemplating it for some time. And at some point you do just have to take the leap. Yeah. And I think it's important to. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up as well. I mean, I, I, I am glad that you, you know, challenged that thing a little bit as well. Like, like you said, like, you know, maybe it was it's the point where you're like, you didn't maybe you didn't trust yourself. But it's like, what do I have to lose? Like, like it, it can only get better from here, right? And I right. think that's also where some people are, you know, we, and this, this, you know, just kind of bring this all around full circle. It almost like people who decide to remain stuck in that victim victim mentality are going to stay stuck in that victim mentality, 
right? Like they're, they're not going to take that leap because it's just like, Oh, pity me or me. I'm just dealt the cards that I watched for my life. And that's never going to change, but go ahead. Bring it to them. No, I I was going to say, I mean, you know, like to expand on that, right? Like the best way to start to get out of this victim mentality is, you know, stop, stop, stop telling yourself all these things are happening to me, but rather these things are happening for me. Right. Mm. And so like, that's really, really big. It's, it's not happening to you. It it's happening for you. And that's how you're going to, that's how you're fundamentally going to start to be able to start to take that leap as well too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm sorry if I'm getting a little personal with this, if you don't mind, and just, and you know, if you're comfortable with sharing, but like, you know, you did bring up like your speech impediment and like, and things that you struggle with in the past. And like, if looking back, it's, a, and then you, you've said like, you know, that you feel like you have a mission to get your word out. That's so important to others. Do you think that plays into that? what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, do you feel like, you know, when we say like things happen for you rather than to you, do you think that as long as the same lines, like, do you think like throughout this process, you've learned why, you know, maybe you, you know, and, and it's kind of a weird question, but like why you would have been given that speech impediment to like now be able to then have such a stronger word, uh, message to send out to people. Mm. That's a really good question, Chase. I think, I mean, honestly, I think every decision, every experience in my life has fundamentally shaped me into who I am today, right? So, you know, even though I spent thousands of dollars going to college for a golf course management, and even though I spent thousands of hours working on, you know, a golf course and to not use any of that now, um, you know, it was frustrating in the beginning, right? Like I just spent so much money, wasted all these hours and now I'm going to do something else. Like, this is absolutely crazy. Like, what am I thinking? Right. But, you know, I definitely, you know, that the going back to what you're saying is rather than this is happening to me, this is happening for me. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I did all that early. I'm only 24 and I've been able to travel around, you know, I've been able to work, you know, at a young age and it's given me, you know, the, excuse me, the character traits that I need in order to be where I am right now. Yeah. I love that. And, and, I, and I think it could be more true. I mean, and I think that's something that, you know, you have a very strong message to share with everybody and it's, you know, I think it's important to, and I, I want to touch more on the, you know, when in the beginning we were talking about, you know, you're leaving the golfing career to then going to coaching. What would you say to somebody who maybe is currently unhappy and, and we can even speak from the career perspective. I mean, all the time on this podcast, I know this is like a health podcast, but I love talking about just like all things. Cause like, I think we, we can both agree all things in your life all tie back to influencing your health in one way or the other, whether it's your career, your finances, your relationships, whatever you're doing in life, like it's all going to tie back to your relationship with yourself and your health. So with that being said, what would you say to someone who is, you know, maybe they're not happy with their career right now, but they feel like this is just what I was meant to do. Or like you even said, like maybe they did invest in themselves in, you know, career, I mean, excuse me, in college. And now they're feeling like I'm just stuck here. What would you say to them? The first thing that I would tell them is again, those. So 
something that a, a mentor told me that has really resonated and stuck with me is you are the only one who can label an experience, mm-hmm. right? You're the only one who can label it, right? So you keep on telling yourself you're stuck. You keep on telling yourself that you wasted money. You keep on telling yourself these things. You are the only one who is telling yourself that. So rather than labeling it as something negative, just start labeling it as something positive. And it might, you know, that might sound absolutely crazy, right? That might sound crazy. Like, dude, you're out of, you're, you're out of your mind, right? <laughs> but it's once you start to have that conversation with yourself and you start to look at this as a positive experience, just watch what happens on the on the other side of that. You're going to allow yourself to fundamentally change who you are for the better. And you're going to allow those opportunities, those those experiences, those investments to allow you to grow into something that you never even thought was possible. I love that so much. And I love that you brought that up. And what about if there's somebody who has like, the, maybe, maybe they don't even know what they want to do just yet. Like, you know, they, they know they're unhappy with where they're at currently and they have these big dreams in mind. Like sure. You know, and maybe it was for you, like for a New York example, maybe it was to be, be the personal trainer and the online coach. Um, but the, it just seems so far out of reach and such a big leap that it's super scary to make that leap. How do they start to decide when and how to make that leap? Mm. I believe you're never going to know how, right? You're never going to know how to do something perfectly to the T. We only learn by doing. So, the so you know, I think it was Rob, who was that? Rob Deerdeck. He is very great at uh, like timing and stuff like that. And something that he said on a podcast one time that really resonated a lot with me is the fact that um, if you're thinking about the past or you're wishing for the future, you're not moving forward, right? Mm. So if if you're thinking about the past or you're wishing that the future would be better, you're staying stuck and you're not moving forward. So instead of keep on thinking, you know, about the past or, you know, wishing the, the future was better and I want to, I want to, you know, make a career change and I want to be a trainer and I want to, you know, whatever it might be, you're not doing nothing. You're staying stuck. So rather than thinking, rather than wishing, just start doing. And I don't know what that doing is, but just do something so you can start to move forward. Love that. And I think that's something, you know, I always talk to a lot of clients about taking that imperfect action or taking messy action, right? Like, like it, like you said, you're, you're not going to know the how until it's done and you one or two things will happen, right? Or I guess, I guess three, you know, two positives and one negative. Either one, it works. Great. You, you, you were successful. Two, it doesn't work, but you learn a lesson so you can do better and maybe try again. Mm. Or three, the negative, it doesn't work and you give up. Now, hopefully no one's going for that option. But if we say, so if we take that option off the table, there's no way you can fail, Right. Because it's either you succeed and you've moved forward with it or you fail, but you learn a lesson from it. So then you can then succeed the next time. That's why I love failing. People hate failure. I freaking love it because I learned something from it. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I'm going to get better now because I failed and I can learn something from this and I can come back better, right? And it's all back to that. You are the only one who can put a label to something. So many people have such a negative emotion around failure. Oh my gosh, I failed, right? So what? It's a positive experience. You, you can learn from it and and get better. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like, you know, I've also talked about, you know, failing fast. I think that's something as well as like, if you're going to fail, like don't sit in your failures and dwell on it and, you know, beat yourself up over it. Like learn from it and keep moving, like fail fast, like take every lesson as like, okay, cool. Like this is what I learned from it. All right. How am I going to start next time and use this lesson to, so I don't fail at this thing again. And, and maybe you fail again. But again, it's another lesson that you're going to continue to use. So eventually you will succeed, right? Right. I mean, look at the most the most successful people in the world. You know, like, you know, you probably and you probably heard this and everybody that is, you know, on this podcast right now, they've probably heard it time and time again that the most successful people in the world fail nine times out of 10. So what makes you think that you're any different? Yeah. I mean, it's just all goes back to, you know, the best basketball players in the world have missed the most amount of shots. I'm sure, you know, the best golfers in the world have missed many, many shots. I mean, like it, it all goes back to they put in more reps. Your chances mm-hmm. of winning increase the more reps you're putting in because yeah. that way you have more chances to succeed. And I feel like that's where some people is they they take one shot, two shots and three shots. And, and I'm not saying shots. I'm talking about anything, guys, like whether it's a diet or, you know, a basketball shot, like you keep trying all these things. And after one, okay, maybe you're like, oh, darn, that didn't work. Some people may give up. They try again. Oh, man, it still didn't work. And then more people give up. Then the, some people try that third shot. And some more give up. Then some people go for that fourth. And then some give up. And then eventually, though, but if you keep trying, you will eventually win. As long as you're learning to apply what you've learned from the lessons from your failures. One hundred percent. That's perfect. Chase to the, to the T. Yep. Awesome. Well, like what's like, I guess like what's, what's next for you? Like, I'm just curious, like, this is more just like, again, just kind of like I'm taking this like a whole different rabbit hole here, but like, what's next for you? Like what's coming up next for champ camp? So yeah, we actually just rebranded. Um, you know, this is something that was a hard decision that I've been talking with my mentors about. Um, cause I had a really strong attachment to champ to camp training. And, you know, that's why in the beginning of this, I, uh, you know, mentioned champ to camp training because it's still <laughs> a very new rebranding. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I had a strong attachment to champ to camp training because, you know, the decamp in it doesn't necessarily represent me. It represents more of my my dad. And, you know, like going back to our mission statement of, you know, making, excuse me, lowering the risk of cardiovascular disease through proper nutrition and exercise. Right. And, you know, we've really, really stuck with champ camp training for a long time. But what we realize is that a lot of people can't resonate with that as much um, until they get a truly understanding of the reason you know, why behind the name, right? So mm-hmm. we wanted to create something that people can resonate with, can really fall in line with. And, you know, that's where after, you know, oh, lots of uh, long, long nights and lots of dis- um, thinking about it, we came up with Champ Camp and uh, we really just wanted to create core tenants and core values that are going to, con- that, that are going to, that are going to continue to evolve as we continue to grow as a business. But really, you know, in our logo, we have this victim to victor um, on our logo, right? Because we really want to help people 
be a victor of their life so they can thrive mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, right? Because nutrition and exercise is the the powerhouse in, in, in order to be able to live a more fulfilling life, right? And, you know, for people that may be, that may be listening in on this and don't quite understand that, I always like to look, look at things in the reverse, right? Like if you didn't eat well, if you didn't sleep well, if you didn't go to the gym, if you didn't move your body, you know, on all those things, how poor would your quality of life be, right? So that's, you know, that's what we kind of have going for Champ Camp is we're continuing to help people, you know, go from more of a defeated state to more of a thriving state and teaching them how to be a victor and thrive in every area of their life. I love that. And, you know, speaking of, you know, so the name of it's Champ Camp uh, of your business. And, you know, for a lot of people, maybe they don't know what being a champion really means to them. Like, right. Like when we think of champion, we think of like a, a sports champion, right? Like, you know, they, they won the championships or whatever it may be. But what does being a champ mean to you? Mm, good question. I think honestly, you know, for a while, I thought, you know, kind of what you said, like a champion was, oh, you won a medal in your sport, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you won this basketball game, right? Or like you are the best basketball player, but you're a champion, right? But honestly, as I continue to evolve and as I thought more about it, a champion doesn't necessarily mean that you have to play sport. You don't even have to play sport, right? Uh, a champion, in my definition, is somebody that is able to fundamentally change their identity into somebody else that ultimately is a better human being that allows them to really thrive in every area of their life, right? And for people that are listening in and quite maybe don't understand that because, you know, maybe changing who you are doesn't necessarily sound so positive, right? The story that I tell all our clients and I tell on social media a lot is, you know, back in high school, um, when I was like 15, I identified as a professional golfer, right? And I didn't realize it at the time, but just identifying as a professional golfer created massive consistency in my life. So much that in the, in the winter of Missouri, I would go to the golf course with a snow shovel to clear off a spot in the fairway and the green to practice my short game. Why? Well, what would a professional golfer do? They would practice, 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 right? So the question now is, now look at your identity. Does your identity support the goals, the dreams, the desires, the wants, and the things that you, you know, you ultimately are are trying to achieve in life? And the reality is, is most people identity doesn't serve them. That's why, you know, they'll try diets, they'll fail, they'll try things and they'll fail because their current identity doesn't support who they are right now. So a champion in my mind is taking that same person, allowing them to form a new identity that allows them to support the goals, the dreams, the desires, and and allows them to thrive and ultimately fundamentally change for the better. That's awesome. I love that, man. That's, that's super powerful. And I think you, you know, you bring up that really good point of like, this is all a part of like shifting your identity, right? Like this is something where even just like, I, I forget who it was. And I was, I've been, I've racked my brain for the last like minute or so trying to think about like who this was. I saw on social media at one point in time, but they, they talked about, you know, they, 
label themselves as an athlete on social media. And it's someone that's, you know, come from a you know, very large overweight background, kind of like similar to my story as well. And, and they're like, you know, I get to choose that I'm an athlete. Like that's my label. I'm the one that puts that on myself. And it's, and it's so true. Like, right. Like, and I feel like that and just like the golfing example that you mentioned about, like you identified as a professional golfer and you're someone, you know, going to clear the snow so you can, you know, practice your golf. And same thing with like, you know, when I started powerlifting, that's a, something that, um, you know, one of the t-shirts that I have that's from the the TSA, the, the company that I work with, you know, it says like, I think it's like, uh, I don't know, some, something athlete on it. And, and I was just like, you know, for a while it was like that little imposter syndrome, right? Like, you know, I'm not an athlete, like, right. You know, when I say athlete, I think of like someone playing on like the NFL team or, you know, someone with like six back abs, right. Like, you know, someone that's like tip top shape. And, you know, when I look at myself, I wouldn't consider myself an athlete. At least I used not to. Now that is something that a part of like, you know, I start showing up and working out as if I'm an athlete, right. Like that's somebody who I want to, I have goals. I have, you know, who I want to become. And in my own mind, if I tell myself I am an athlete, it's who I identify as, that's how I'm going to show up on the day to day for my workouts and et cetera. Yes. I love that. And that's, you know, for people that are listening in too, I think that's super powerful because, you know, going back to what we said earlier, you are the only one who can put a label to something you used to tell yourself that you're not an athlete because of X, X and X, but you were the only mm-hmm. one that told yourself that. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, but the fact that you've been able to reframe that into where, you know what, I am an athlete because of X, X, and X, and you are the only one that can put a label to it. Now you're far more consistent in your life, which is super powerful, man. I mean, that's great. And I think for people that are listening in as well too, you know, what do you want in life? You know, and that question, people are, you know, you can ask somebody that and they'll like, just look you dead in the face and not be able to answer it, right? But But what I found is super is super powerful and it's something that i recently discovered just recently if 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 i were to ask you right now chase what are five things you don't want in life you could very easily tell me five things you don't want right mm-hmm. and most people can and what happens is that the fact that you don't want these things you do the complete uh, excuse me you do the complete uh, opposite right mm-hmm. So as a result, you start to identify as somebody that doesn't want to do these things. And now you can identify as a different person. So rather than trying to look for what you want in life, what do you don't want? And then go after the complete reverse of what you don't want. I love that. Is it? So what about somebody, and this is just kind of a question that kind of popped in my head because I'm thinking about somebody who may be currently listening to this and they're thinking, okay, guys, like, you know, Logan Chase, I understand what you're saying about all this stuff, but when I was a child or growing up in school and things like that, people put all these labels on me. How do we start stripping some of way, stripping away some of those labels? Oh man, I love this question because I struggled with this a little bit. You know, I have a speech impediment growing up. I, I used to get made, made fun of a lot for the, for the way I talk. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's why I stay stuck, stuck in the golf course management field, because I was so afraid to come on camera like this and do podcasts and things like that, because, you know, people ultimately made fun of me and they put a, put a label to it. Right. So in order, so sorry, going back to what you asked, I'm sorry, what was the question again? Just more so as people who are growing up with all these labels and such, how do they start to rid themselves of these labels that other people have put on them? Mm, yeah. 
I think the first thing is ultimately, you know, seek help. Um, you know, working with more of like a therapist would be really been like really bit excuse me, really beneficial in this situation. Mm-hmm. I I myself, I haven't worked with a therapist. Um, I've just been kind of having more conversations with myself, you know, been, you know, I've had mentors that have kind of gave me new per excuse me, new per perspective as well, too, and doing like some journaling and things like that. But really what my good friend and mentor Nick Ross said that I resonate a lot with is, you know, being able to go back to those past experiences where you had somebody put a a label to something and re re identify that as something else as an adult. And, And even though that might sound maybe a little bit crazy for some people that might be watching, like what the heck does that mean? It is super powerful because if you can go back and put it in a new perspective to where it was actually something that gave you something positive, right? Because going back to you're the only one who can label it something. And I know there's some people out there that it might have had a really, really bad, really, really bad label to them, right? And my heart goes out to those people. But the reality is, is you deserve a lot more in life. And those people that put a label to something to you don't deserve to be in your network and they don't mean anything to you, right? So it's it's important to recognize that those people that talk down to you, that you know maybe talk bad to you, made you ultimately think something that is completely not true. You are better than those people. You are better than those people, and you have to realize that those people that said something to you are most likely going through something as well too at that time, and they're just trying to you know they're trying to express their feelings in a negative way to somebody else. That's, that's really true. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people I think we take things too much to heart sometimes, right? Like, it's just like, you know, I, I feel like one thing I've told my clients in the past is like, whenever you hear something from somebody else and like, let's say it's either like they're putting a label on you or maybe it's, you know, or you're labeling yourself. It's like, ask yourself, like, what evidence do you have to either prove that that is true or what evidence do you have to prove that that is false? And I think it's really important to go back and kind of, this is kind of like touches on like what you were saying. It's like, go back and like, really like ask yourself, like, was that actually true in the moment? If so, what do I have that actually proves that it was true? Or what do I have to prove that it's not true? Right? Like think about things that, you know, maybe you've been labeled all these things in the past, you know, maybe like, you know, I'm trying to think of an example that I could give here, but like just things that don't serve you well and things that maybe aren't true. And you can find things that go against that, like that prove that that is not who you are. And I think it's really important to start to understand that we can't, you know, I mean, you always, you hear the expression, you take things with a grain of salt, basically. And because if you're always constantly accepting whatever is said is true, then you're probably going to, of course, you're going to start feeling bad about yourself. I mean, like you have to start recognizing that half of what you hear is probably just BS information that's not true. And so start to recognize that and like, let it filter in one ear and out the other. Right. Yeah. I, I cannot agree more. And I think it's also important to recognize too, that like who you were in the past is not the same person as you are right now. Right. Like those are totally two different, yes. two different p- 
people that you need to recognize that that person in the past is not who you are now. And it doesn't serve the identity that you have right now. Yes, absolutely. Man, this has been a just a fire episode. Tons of information here. Um, I, I want to start to kind of like wrap this up to a close a little bit. And, and as we do this, I always ask this exact same question to all of my guests that come on the show. And so I want to hear your input. If someone is ready, like they're listening to this and they're fired up and they're ready to get started. And this is their day one. What are the first two things that they should be focusing on? This is their day one and they want to get going and they're fired up. The yep. first two things they need to fo- the, that they need to focus on. Okay. Yes. The first thing that I rec- that I recommend is set realistic expectations for yourself. And the reason why this is number one is because so many people have unrealistic expectations that they continue to condition their, their self for failure. Because they're trying to strive for something crazy, they don't get it, all of a sudden they feel like a failure. And it just, re- it, it goes on and on and on. So the first thing that I recommend, and you know, with AI and all that coming out, a lot of people think you can just go to AI and type in what are realistic expectations. And that's just not the case, unfortunately, because it doesn't take into account the person behind the screen. So in order to set realistic expectations, you know, talk to a coach if you can. If you can't talk to some talk to somebody like your spouse, somebody that is like your best friend, knows you to the T and be like, hey, I'm doing this. Does, does this seem like a realistic expectation? And they will help you talk you down a little bit to where you can actually go and achieve that goal. So that's so that's the first thing. Set realistic expectations. Number two that I would recommend is make sure your environment is going to help support what you're trying to do. And what I mean by environment is if all your friends are smoking and drinking, if your house is a mess, if if you you know are constantly living in a mess and your friend group is a mess, then you're most likely going to not continue to move forward because you've you've surrounded yourself with people that are not going to help. So they're not going to help you support the goals that you have. And it's also not going to help that that your house is a mess because studies have shown time and time again, that your environment is powerful and a, a clean house, a good, a good friend group, and putting yourself in that environment is going to allow you to really move forward. Love it, man. Man, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for everything you've shared today. Of course, Chase. You know, Thank you for having me on. This has been fun. Absolutely, man. Well, obviously now everyone needs to go follow you after this fire episode. So where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can find me on um, Facebook at Logan, De- excuse me, Logan DeCamp or on Instagram at Champ DeCamp. And also we have a Facebook group called Fat Loss Made Easy for Men and Women. And that's where you, you can find me. Awesome, guys. And I'll put all the links to all those down into the show notes. Again, Logan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Chase. Bye. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram 
at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.